Hi, it's Michael Kerr here presenting Small Business Banter. A healthy micro and small business sector means a successful economy and a more vibrant society. Small Business Banter is about helping regional business owners better prepare for current challenges, but also for the next stage of business success. I'm Michael Kerr, founder of Kerr Capital, advisors to business owners. Each week, I interview a fellow small business owner or an expert, and they share their stories, their lived experiences, the wins and the losses, and their best advice to help you, the listener, get the most you can from your own business. Small Business Banter is brought to you from the studios of 104.7 Gippsland FM and is heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network. And thanks also to Kerr Capital, supporters of the show. Okay, so welcome to another edition of Small Business Banter Radio. Laura Racky from LL Gold Law is in chatting to us today. Laura's got a, a, a really diverse background and what we're going to focus on today is her experiences as a commercial lawyer but also as a, a founder and a business operator, how she manages to fit all that in and, and some of the, the tips and advice she would give to prospective business owners. So, um, Laura... Principal at LL Gold, founder of L Glow Beauty, um, also a director of All Founders, a host on All Founders Show. You can tell us about that in a minute, Laura. Um, uh, look, and and look, you've got a host of other advisory or board roles that span sort of um, tech companies, small uh, new businesses, as well as you had a strong involvement with Channel Thirty One. So, firstly, welcome in, Laura. Thanks, Michael. Great to be here. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really great to have you in. Um, do you want to do you want to just expand a little bit on the the sort of major things that you um, you know you're involved with and and why you do that? Firstly, absolutely. So I suppose my sort of number one career baby is my uh, law firm LL Gold, and she's nearly five years old now. Um, that's probably, I suppose, where my main bread and butter comes from. Um, but me being me, that's not really enough. I like to have lots of things um, going on. So we've also recently started up the All Founders business. So that's more focused on leadership training and strategy. Um, this year we kicked off El Glow Beauty. I just, I love all things beauty and skincare. So I thought, why not? give it a go. So that's been really fun getting into e-commerce. Classic lawyer stuff. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky and, and grateful to be working with some excellent uh, not-for-profits at the moment, Big Group Hug and the Matsay Foundation. So lots of things going on. Um, keeps me interested, I guess. For sure. It, let's start with how, how you choose uh, what to do and how you manage your time with, with that you know, extensive portfolio of things. Yes. I I suppose, you know, when you do run your own business as your main line of work, so the law firm, that does give me some flexibility in terms of where I spend my time and and I 
I always joke about when you run your own business, you choose which 20 hours a day to work. Um, so, <laughs> so really, um, I've got a funny little time timetable. I actually don't start and sit down at the desk until about 10.30. Majority of the working day is on the law firm and then it's really the evenings that the extracurricular sort of interests and um, board roles or advisory roles get um, a look in so it's a bit of a mixed bag um, but it just means that my day is is very diverse and there's lots of jumping around which for some reason just works for my brain yeah so so why get involved in this this range of things is it is that your role or purpose to to be fully and fully again occupied and uh, but you know is it deeper than is it because opportunities come your way is it because you just see yourself you know, driven to to achieve. I'm I'm really interested in, you know, the the underpinning motivation for you. It's funny you ask that because I think like many people during um well this COVID time, it's been the first time in my life I've actually taken stock and asked some of those questions. Um, it's just always been this internal driver for me to load up um, and be completely sort of overwhelmed, I suppose. But I think the more that I step back and look at it, I really like learning new things. Um, I like being challenged. And as much as um, being a commercial lawyer throws up new challenges every day because I don't know everything and all of my clients have all different types of businesses, um, I think that doing this just gives me a great opportunity to work with all different types of people in all different types of capacities. And every day something different comes up that I have an aha moment or I can learn something from and um, it's actually very interesting and rewarding and obviously the, the not-for-profit the not side of things um, in my view when you're a professional um, and you get to a certain stage in your career it's really important to find ways to give back to the community and I've got special skills so that seems to be the most appropriate way to give back. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and 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 lots. Of, you know, some people want to give back, and others, I think, think about it and probably don't. You know, maybe don't see the benefit of it because it's it is giving back. But does it make all that experience make you a better commercial lawyer in the end? Absolutely. I mean, when when you're sitting on not for profit boards or advisory boards, um, especially as a, a professional consultant all of a sudden you're actually involved in a business from that director level where you can have a real oversight on all of the working parts rather than, you know, when you're an advisor, people come to you often with a very sort of small problem or issue and that might be all that you'll see about their business. Whereas when you get to work um, as an advisor or a director on a not-for-profit, you see everything. You're involved in um, operations, partnerships, employment, leasing, um, the full gamut, and it actually, I think, makes you a much better advisor because you're actually all, all of a sudden exposed to the wide range of things that um, a not-for-profit or a business face every day rather than this little pocket of, of problems, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know, as a as an advisor, as a specialist advisor, often you know you, you can be busy, but the the clients already framed their problem or yes. their and and it's like if I knew you know if I knew this or that, I could could have helped you more broadly. So that's kind of what you're saying. You see those same business challenges from a different perspective, and you can bring up you know uh, other advice or other solutions. Um, exactly. 
Yeah, and look, I, you know, one of the uh, – I do a lot of work with SME owners and a lot you – know, Busy doing the day day to day stuff, and 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 I, and it's kind of it's kind of hard, but to have the conversation that you you need to take time out of the business and and you can learn away from the business and bring things back is, uh, but you know it, it, I understand why people just sometimes say I'm too busy, but you know the the roles you have with not for profits um, uh, and other you know uh, organisations you know can, as I say can be really rich in learning. Um, how do you go from the law to to beauty? Like this is <laughs> an e-commerce and social media and all that goes with that um, that business. I, I will admit it has been a real personal challenge for me. So, you know, in my legal career, I am I have often worked in uh, insolvency restructuring and litigation. That sort of work is very very urgent. And, um, heavy, and heavy. And heavy and considered, I, th- I think, important. Um, and so I have this general expectation because my clients are very responsive and they move quickly and I am the same that I felt that in this new um, endeavour that anything that I wanted to complete or get done or buy would move in the same way and, and be as easy to um, navigate. Boy, <laughs> you know, just I know this sounds crazy, but really simple things like ordering stickers for packaging, you know, for someone who's just used to things just going through in a very linear fashion and it being really quick and easy, it's just like you might send an email to a prospective supplier and you might get a response like six days later. Um, and, you know, that to, to someone like me who's used to things just getting done, it just... How hard is it? <laughs> Yes, and but but again, it's made me realise not everything is urgent or important, and different types of things have different um, ways that people work in them. So I think just from a personal perspective, in on patience and navigating a different industry and world, that's been really challenging and interesting. But yeah, I just I think um, e-commerce is obviously it's not going away; it's only going to grow, and I feel that being an advisor in this day and age and not really getting into this world and understanding how it works would be a, a miss. I, I would be missing out to try and do it myself. So a lot of learning. Um, we're still growing, changing. I'm still trying to work out what the brand's voice is, what we're about, our mission, all of these things. But I'm now at the point where I say, you know what, you ran headlong into this. You didn't know what you were doing. You were making it up as you are going along you don't have to. This is not a sprint. It can be a marathon. So I really realise I don't have to be turning over a million dollars by the end of the year. You know, let's just actually use this as this awesome tool tool for learning. So um, it just so happens it coincides with something I really enjoy, the beauty and, and skincare industry. Um, and so I'm trying to treat it as something fun and actually you know you talked about um, business owners feeling like they don't have time to me I think you can view all these extra things as if you love business if you love having autonomy and doing things that interest you and you can actually start seeing all of these things as fun I know that sounds really lame maybe to a lot of people but um, I think there's a lot of us who actually get a lot of pleasure out of all this learning and interest and it so happens that our hobbies and our fun are 
running businesses and yeah, learning. You're not, so, you're not, not playing golf or, you know, yeah. bri- bri- not, there's anything wrong with up those things, but you're, you've got a different um, interest. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, stay tuned, El Glow Beauty. That we've, we, you know, I'm going to take over the world, but just not straight away, and that's okay. <laughs> I, I, I've, I have wondered whether there was any reference to LL Cool J in that. Um, <laughs> you know, I actually can't even remember where, I mean, L, my name's Laura, but I don't even know where the LL, when I came up with LL Gold, came from. I didn't want it to be my name. I didn't want the firm to be my name, but, yeah, no. It's a pretty contemporary uh, brand. It's great, but it, it like it suits you know with the you know the energy and the interest you bring to it. With uh, with your clients, just to um, come back to some of the stuff you're dealing with day to day, I'm keen to understand what you're seeing your business clients. What cha- what are the big challenges they've got at the moment? It's been a bit cyclical. There's been there was obviously you know March onwards for the first few months a lot of issues with leases um and and they were the clients who literally were shutting their doors work from home wasn't a a possibility so we're talking about hospitality entertainment Um, so that was sort of a huge focus at that time a lot of negotiating with landlords also employment issues Um, but now as we're sort of I don't know coming out of it or learning to live with this new normal yes there's still leasing issues, but a lot of people are trying to get out of leases, move into new premises, change the way they work. Um, and also, I think this has been an opportunity for a lot of businesses to take stock and look at the way they interact with their clients, what their employment agreements say. You know, when things are good, um, we just put our contracts in a drawer and we hope to never look at them. Um, but I think over this last 12 months, this has been the first time maybe a lot of businesses have had to look at employment agreements, have had to look at their leases or their employments with other um, with their customers or their clients. So there's and been... And even a- by the sounds of it, their, their, their core business model. How, yes. Why we're in business, how do we do it differently? Can we do it without a, a lease on a property? Exactly, exactly. So there's lots of strategic questions and part of that is flushing out, well, where do we sit in our contractual landscape? What leeway do we actually have to make these changes? I mean, if you're stuck in a five-year lease, uh, it's pretty hard to get out of it. Um, So, you know, these sorts of questions I think have been interesting. But then more from a strategical leadership perspective, a lot of clients are, are facing heaps of issues with their employees, um, and I think this is not new. No one's surprised about this, but um, people's expectations have changed. People's wants and desires have changed. Things they thought were important 12 months ago they don't think are important anymore. Getting people back into the office is tricky. Um, so, you know, it's a weird time, a really weird time. Yeah, it sure is. I, I want to continue that, but... Uh... On today's episode of Small Business Banter, we're we're talking with Laura Racky from LL Gold. Laura, that um, yeah, the, this re- complete rethink. It in you know for some some owners might see that as an opportunity. In maybe not right now, but later on, that they've kind of been able to completely remodel or been forced to remodel the way they do business. Do you are you seeing a, like a uh, with your clients an outflow of people? You know, they are getting to the point where they go, I, I, the lease is too challenging. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reinvent 
I'm going to do e-commerce yeah. or look a lot of um, a lot of clients who are coming t- towards the end of their leases are now looking at different spaces. You know, I think co-working spaces. I think had a very very difficult time over um, COVID, but I think they'll find that there'll be a resurgence because a lot of businesses are going to look for more nimble and agile spaces for their staff. Um, I think that physical spaces are still going to be really important. We are human beings and, you know, um, it doesn't matter how how comfy it is to work in your Ugg boots. Um, we like to be around one another sometimes and to have that choice. But, look, a lot of things have changed and, and actually a little pattern that I have noticed in the last couple of months with clients is there is a lot of discussions that clients are having with potential partners or uh, potential sales of their business. There's a lot of movement, um, a lot of exploratory movement because I don't think people know what's going to happen um, in the next little while, but there is a lot of, I wouldn't say M&A activity, but just lots of discussions about what if we move into this space or what if we join forces with this this partner and um, a lot of these discussions are happening because I think for the first time, like I said, people are facing a shift and the revenue isn't just flowing in without thought anymore. Um, yeah. A lot of businesses have had to stop and think about how they make money. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you know, you, you said, you know, you need to pull out those contracts, employment contracts, lease agreements, others. and But, you know, underpinning that is just, how am I going to continue to do business? And and so on that front, alliances and joint ventures, and I think you, you do work with bringing in employees to businesses as well. So it's um, diversifying and collaborating. It's all those kind of nice words, but it's, um, it's maybe uh, forcing a complete rethink of how we're going to survive, um, but not just survive, prosper. Yes. But by maybe getting closer to other businesses and, and bringing in key employees? Yes. Yeah, that, I think, you know, when things are good, it's easy not to navel gaze. Um, but when things start getting tricky, yeah, we've got to be creative and inventive and that's why this time is actually very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and look, you know, at the at the hub of all of that is is personal relationships, whether it's with suppliers, partners, customers, employees and you know the um, the the value of those personal relationships, even in a business context, is so important. You got to put time into them, and you know, entering into business with someone is. I mean, you and I have talked about this in the past. Um, you know, you've you know got to have a, an exit plan from you know from all yeah. those sorts of things. You've got to think through the good and the and the bad, unfortunately, because sometimes they don't work. Absolutely, and you know that's that's. Um, we talk about the. I talk about this a lot with clients, especially when we're starting new businesses or entering into new, comp, you know, organisations where we've got a group of shareholders. It's always very nice at the start, and everyone's all really excited, and everyone puts on their best behaviour. And um, when everyone's making money, everybody gets along great, and we never have to look at a shareholder agreement. But when things turn or people's life circumstances change. Um, this is the stuff, this is when the rubber hits the road. So if people have not been thinking about these things early on, um, can cause a bit of drama later. Sure can, yeah. So um, was this, um, you, you look, 
you launched All Founders. Yes. Uh, how, so this is kind of like seems like you've, you know, a further progression of your portfolio but also a, a logical extension of, you know, running your own business go, and, and experiencing all the just those day-to-day operational things around stickers. You go, so is that the impetus for... Well, All Founders came um, early last year. So this was before COVID and before Al Glow Beauty. And oh, okay. So this is um, Christian Cunningham and I are um, at the head of All Founders. And where it came from is, you know, I run a legal business. He runs a recruiting M&A business. But what we both realised is that over our careers, we actually had learnt so much um, from the people we work with and from advising that we needed a new brand to offer those types of services. It's very hard to pick up the phone and say to your lawyer, can you give me some leadership training? I just think intellectually people want to see it in a different bundle um, and, and obviously the same for him from a recruitment and, and uh, acquisition spec- specialist. No one's expecting strategy and, and leadership training from him. So um, we brought that all together under the All Founders brand. We we set up the All Founders show, a podcast that then ended up a TV show on Ticker. And that's been really interesting and fun to go and work with clients in a totally different way than as a lawyer or a recruiter. Because I think when you, when I, I know for me, when I walk into the room as a lawyer, people do bristle and they respond differently and they get a bit nervous and, you know, um, it's good to just sort of come in and say, yes, I've got, I'm, I'm that, but today Switch we're hats. Gonna, we get, you know, although, you know, I do get wheeled out often by Christian to give the governance training, but anyway, that's, <laughs> that's for, <laughs> for another day. Yeah. It's yeah. very important. But um, so that's been really fun to actually work with clients in a different way to talk about their succession planning, their, their short and long-term strategy building up managers, you know, and I think, again, when we talk from the COVID perspective, there's going to be a huge gap in our managers and our leaders who are not being managed and led through COVID because we're all remote, you know. Um, right. It, you see a really big hole getting, getting bigger. Absolutely. And, it, you know, if you're not around your leader, often to have those really quick chats to run things by them. I mean, you're not picking up your phone every five minutes to make that call to your manager to ask the question, you know. Um, I remember even just as a, as a young lawyer always wanting to sit in the office or the spot outside the partner's office because I loved hearing them on the phone. I loved hearing them in meetings with other partners because you learn so much just by listening um, and we are losing this. So I think there is this big gap where a lot of these leaders are just going to need a little bit of outside mentorship to get them through, to get their skills up. Um, I think they're a bit at sea at the moment. Yeah. Look, and, and it's probably been, it's probably the same as it's always been for those small business owners who have always done it solo, you know, yes. have always been their own counsel, they've always, you know, struggled to find somebody that is a trusted advisor. So, yeah, I think it's it's kind of the same thing, but it's obviously removed from employees in a, you know, in a massive way in the last 12, 18 months. And it goes to where we started, which is developing broader experience outside of whatever it is you do day to day. You sort out, a, you know, a partner to, to learn and 
I mean, you know, there, there are opportunities everywhere you look. I think there's a, an explosion of clubs and online networking business things, you know, so the, the resources are out there. But we've only got a, a little bit of time left, Laura. Um, you, what, so there's two things I want to cover. One is there's a lot of energy, you know, with businesses recreating or, or starting afresh. So what are, in the first 100 days, what are the three or four things you're thinking about you know, reinventing your business or starting, what are the three or four things you absolutely must, you know, address? Yes. Oh, look, the, the really boring thing I think is always uh, <laughs> structure. Um, it always shocks me how many small business owners have no understanding, I guess, of of how they exist in the legal law. So, so this is in the sense of having a company versus a trust versus a yeah. partnership. Or, yeah, okay. Like yep. said, it's really boring and it is very expensive, but um, if you're going to do it, I think you need to do it right because yep. because if you don't get that right, then the next thing, which is contracts with your customers and your suppliers, you're not going to get that right. So if you don't know who you are as a business from a structural perspective, you can't enter into contracts properly. So, you know, those two things go quite hand in hand. And then obviously we've got things like your insurance and your work cover and your employment agreements. It's very easy to say I'm excited, which is going to work, and we're going to get on with it. But don't don't fall for the trap. Exactly, I yeah. think lots of small business owners get super excited, and I get it. I've done it too um, about logos and branding and websites and Instagram. But at the heart of all of that, you still need to have a functional structure and a business because. He's hoping you're going to go gangbusters um, and rewinding and fixing those structural issues later are very, very, is very, very difficult. Hey, Laura Racky, that's um, fantastic. Really enjoyed the discussion with you. Um, thanks so much for sharing everything. I just wanted to close out. You, you had an involvement with Channel 31. We're on, commu- on the community radio network, so the there's some pretty good news just before the end of June, a renewal for four years. Yeah, that's, I think it's three. 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 Yes, yeah. so really fantastic. I mean, the last couple of um, renewals have only been for a year, which is not a lot of time. Yes. Yeah, um, I think the three years is a real recognition that, one, the spectrum's not going anywhere, so we may as well put it to good use. Yeah. And, two, that these organisations need that time to transition properly. So yeah, I'm yeah. really thrilled. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah it's a great result. Hey, uh, Laura Racky from LL Gold, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks, Michael. So that is all for today's episode of Small Business Banter. I continue to be inspired bringing you small business experts and other small business owners and hearing their stories. If you want to listen to any past episode, jump onto your podcast platform of choice and search Small Business Banter. There you will find a diverse and fascinating collection of small business owners and experts openly discussing and sharing their experiences. For any of the links, resources, or information we've talked about on the show today, or to contact me, please head over to smallbusinessbanter.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And it would be great to have you tune in the same time next week for another episode of Small Business Banter.